Welcome to the Seacoast Vineyard Church podcast. We are a vineyard church located in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, and we invite you to enjoy this message from God's Word. Well, we're in for a special treat today. We have our friends uh, Eddie and Janet Peoric from San Clemente, California, and uh, I'm going to just hand it over to him, but I want to say this, you know, Eddie... uh, Eddie's been a part of the vineyard, Eddie and Janet, for since almost there's been a vineyard, I suppose. And uh, and so he has that part of history and DNA, of course, to share. But God has done so much in their lives. I always look forward to hearing what God is doing now as well. But the special blessing of knowing Eddie, among a lot of things, is he put me onto a surf spot uh, called Lowers, <laughs> which, as you know, is a very popular surf spot in the world and so uh eddie i appreciate that late afternoon that we hesitated but we went and then you got me back there again and it was a wonderful experience and eddie and janet are wonderful friends and i want you to welcome them as they come to sporting thank you Well, I guess it's morning. Good morning. Uh, it's good to be here. It's been about 10 years since I've uh, been at Tim's church. And um, last time, I remember, we were in a little strip mall, much smaller facility, uh, lower tech. <laughs> Tim's gone high tech here. You know, I'm quite impressed. But it's good. It's cool. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I had that wonderful moment with Tim at Lowers. Uh, in other words, when, when he came out there, you know, I took him to the, you know, the hot spot, which was to surf Lower Trestles. Um, and I was wondering what he would do for me here. <laughs> we came out of North uh, Myrtle Beach, and, uh, you know, we're driving down 17, and I noticed some of the hot spots on uh, 17, that impressed me. Uh, first, I've never seen uh, two hooters in such close proximity. <laughs> the second thing was, I was really impressed with the, the molten lava miniature golf courses. But probably the thing I look most forward to is going to that place where I can buy a pair of trunks for four ninety nine. <laughs> It's, I, don't, I doubt if you go there, dude. <laughs> I was very impressed. The whole store, anything under five ninety nine, and the special on board shorts were four ninety nine. Those must be very interesting board shorts. But when Tim, Tim came out, I did take him to Lower Trestles. I live about one mile from there, and uh, we rode in on mountain bikes. And one of the things that impressed me, it's a very competitive place, but we went there in the afternoon. It had a little bit of wind on it. But uh, the thing that impressed me about Tim is he never took off in front of me. And I didn't take off in front of him. And I thought that was very, uh, you know, uh, loving of us to be so nice to each other. And that's sort of a segue into my uh, topic for this morning, love. Uh, And a a term that is very meaningful to me now, big love. 
Um, I realize that my journey as a Christian, which is now 49 years, has been a journey into the bigness of God's love. And I'm actually being blown away by how big God's love is and active in the world. Uh, several years ago, my wife and I opened up our house. We started to gather local surfers, friends, neighbors. And the theme of our group is big love. And uh, there's an artist who painted this picture, and this is our icon uh, for our group. It's, it sits, you know, on our, uh, you know, right in the front of our living room. Big love, and I thought she captured this so beautifully. This is the big love of God. It's the heart of God, and it's uh, a fiery flame of love. And this is a perfect icon for moving towards understanding the big love of God. Because when we think about the big love of God, it is the very heart of God, the very essence of God. Uh, And in order for love to exist, it has to exist in relationship. Uh, And that's why we as Christians believe in a Trinitarian God. There must be a trinity, a fellowship within the Godhead in order for love to exist. And so we believe that there's a love affair going on between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that is the the generating source of big love. And it's our journey into the experience of that big love that the Christian life is all about. There's a quote from uh, another vineyard pastor, Ken Wilson, that I think captures it quite eloquently. It captures the panorama of big love. And he makes this statement, and I like to project that, this statement of Ken Wilson from his book, Mystically Wired. I'm going to read it, and you can follow along. My point is simply this. God is burning with love. God is a consuming fire because love is a consuming fire. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit have been in a state of all-consuming but ever-generating love for each other from before all time. This love, being love, is reaching beyond itself to generate an ever-expanding, loving, and beloved community. This is what it's all about. This is the big love of God that exists in the Trinity, uh, existed before the foundation of time, and it's all-consuming but ever-generating love, and it must reach out beyond itself. And that love reached out to create all things, to create us in love. And so this love reaches out from the heavens to gather us all together into a beloved community. And if there's one thing a church wants to be, one thing Seacoast Vineyard wants to be, it wants to be a community where people have been gathered together into the presence of the love of God and they become a beloved community, loved by God and loving one another. This is what it's all about. After 49 years, I'd say this is what it's all about. Big love.
and our movement into experiencing the fullness of it. Now, I believe that the Apostle Paul understood this. And he wanted this big love to be embraced by the whole church. Because he knew if this big love embraced the church and the church embraced it, if the church was filled with the big love of God, then it could fulfill its purpose in demonstrating that love to the world. And so in the book of Ephesians, he prays for this big love to be experienced in the church and by all Christians. And this is the backdrop for understanding one of Paul's most powerful prayers in Ephesians chapter 3. And I call it the prayer for big love. And let's make this our prayer as we look at this section of the Word of God. So if we could stand together, we're going to read this portion of the Word of God as a prayer, individually, corporately, as Paul meant it to be. And so we're going to read this together out loud. Take a deep breath. Let the Holy Spirit help you read it and get the full meaning out of it. Here we go. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Amen. You may be seated. Paul is, is saying, I pray for the church to be filled with the big love of God. That every individual will be filled with this surpassing love that surpasses human knowledge. This is a love bigger than anything we can understand. It is so big and majestic and beautiful. And he prays that we all might come into it. And we see in this prayer for what I call big love, the essence of the Trinity. He says we have to kneel before the Father. We have to have Christ dwell in our heart. We have to have the Spirit in our inner being in order to experience the fullness of God's love that surpasses knowledge. We must have faith in Christ. We must have the fullness of the Spirit. And we must know our Father in heaven and how much he loves us. And that big love of God is the very essence of the Trinity. We see it in this text. That we look at the very essence of God, the very essence of the Trinity, it's love. And that's why in our lives we are being drawn like 
Ken Wilson said, into the very essence of the love of God. And this love, which is the very essence of his being, is ever-expanding. Now, I personally believe in an expanding universe. I believe that modern physics and cosmology has argued the point well that we live in an expanding universe. Yes, there was a point of creation, and I believe that that creative act was out of the love of God. And it's an expanding universe. But the expanding drive in the universe that created in the beginning is the very love of God expanding. And when I think of how big the universe is, you know, like 13.8 billion light years across, that God's love fills the whole thing. And even God's love is beyond the whole thing. It's huge. And you know, when Paul uses the language here that we need, we were to, were to move into how high and deep and wide and long. In the original languages, he's, usually, he's actually using the cosmological language that they knew at that time. He's talking about the fullness of the universe. And because we're told in the Bible that Christ who created all will fill all. And this whole thing of, I realize that I'm in an expanding movement of God's love. It is so big and it's so powerful and it's even moving at a molecular level through my life. Then all of a sudden my life is caught up in something much bigger than I've ever experienced. It began when I first put my faith in Jesus. And his love met my wife and I at the same time in a little Presbyterian church. It continued when we were filled with the Holy Spirit. When John Wimber prayed for us, the founder of the vineyard. And that love expanded. And then in 1985, I had this experience where the heavens opened and my father in heaven says, Eddie, you are my son and I love you and you can never fail in my sight. And love flooded me. It was Jesus, Spirit. Father, and from that point on, this love keeps expanding. I'm so excited about it because how it's expanding today over the face of the earth. And it's all-encompassing. God loves everyone. For God so loved the whole world that he sent his son. This love reaches out to every person and wants to encompass them and bring them in. Wants to bring us into the fullness and then our mission is to cooperate with that and in, in, in draw people into this all-encompassing love. Because this love that we pray for has a purpose, <clears throat> that we might become a people of big love. That we might become a people of big love when our purpose in life is loving like God loves. And... There's a quote concerning the life of the Apostle John, who wrote the Gospel of John, and it's out of church history, but it, it shows that here's the Apostle of love, and he makes a statement about the, when, when he would come into the meetings, because he was the one who lived the longest, and, he, and they'd ask him for some great message. What do you have to say? And I'd like to project that quote of the... Uh, the Apostle John. He says, 
historians say, there's a church tradition which says that when John was evidently an old man in Ephesus, he had to be carried to the church in the arms of his disciples. At these meetings, he was accustomed to say no more than little children love one another. After a time, the disciples wearied at always hearing the same words. They asked, Master, why do you always say this? It is the Lord's command, was his reply, and if this alone be done, it is enough. Big love, and big love in the church has one goal, to cause us to be a people of love, to where it all boils down to we just love one another, that that is our dogma, <laughs> that what is our controlling thought, our controlling heart is, we, I just want to love you. I may not understand you. I may not agree with all your doctrinal fine points, but I love you. And that's the, that, see, this big love that Paul prays for, when we begin to experience it, it keeps expanding in us. But on the other hand, it keeps simplifying us down to one thing. I live to just love another day and another person. Big love. In our group called Big Love. Well, that causes me to tell you the story of Big Mike. Big Mike, who's been in our group all these years. He's a big Hawaiian-looking guy. He almost looks like a big Hawaiian moke, and I don't know if that's politically correct anymore. <laughs> but when I, I've surfed in Hawaii a lot, and there's big Hawaiians that'll paddle up alongside you, and, and you're careful with those guys. <laughs> but Mike is about 6'4", probably weighs about 225, and he's built. He's big, and he's dark-skinned. And when you look at him, you think he's Hawaiian. Uh, he's, a, he's very well known in the surf community. Uh, and so he started coming to our group. And the thing I noticed about him that I would say most about him, and I want to just a little digression, it turns out that he is primarily American Indian. He's not Hawaiian, but he, he looks Hawaiian, but his roots are, you know, American Indian. And so here he is, this big guy, sort of, you know, sort of intimidating looking. And, but the thing that began to register most in him is his big heart. This, I mean, big heart of love. I mean, the way he would love on people. And right away, because this big love has become part of the, what resonates in me. Immediately when he started coming, I started resonating with his heart. And I just said, what a beautiful heart of love. Now in our group, we have, we have Bible study. And it's a different kind of Bible study. 
You know, we, we all read portions of the Scripture, and then we're silent for several minutes, and then I say, what do you guys think? You know, and we have those religious people in the group that just, yeah, I got it. You know, here's the... And that's not bad. I was one once. You know, where, yeah, I got the answer. When I was an elder in the church, they had this thing called Stump the Elder, you know. So they, you'd have to get on stage, and then all the church would ask you hard questions, and even if you didn't know the answer, you'd fake it. You always had to have the right answer. Now, one of the rules in our group is there, there are no wrong answers. Now, I'm leading this, and at times we had 50-some people in our living room. Just a sordid group. And so some of the people would have, you know, give this you know, real correct answer. But then Mike would always say something really off the wall. His interpretation of the scripture. And it came out, part of it came from his, uh, his Indian heritage and his, his parenting. And he was really into you know, the whole thing of native Indian spirituality. And part of it came from he spent many years in Hawaii, and he was groomed by the best Hawaiian healers. In fact, David Nueva's father, foremost Hawaiian healer, he was tutored by him. He was his apprentice. So he had, he had these sort of almost new age ideas about healing, and he'd make these comments, you know. And everything inside me would go, <laughs> you know, like, I, I must comment on this. You know, because there are, there are people in the group looking at me like, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> and I would just sort of let it go. You know, I would just let it find its own thing. I'd hold my tongue because I'd made that rule. There's no wrong answer in this group. We're all on a journey. And then at the end of the meeting, we'd have what we call the circle of love. Janet came up with that. Instead of having a like classic vineyard ministry time, we just, she said, let's all stand in a circle and hold hands. And I said, all right. So we would do that at the end of you know, each one of these sessions. And the guy standing right alongside me, who sat right at my side near the fireplace, was Big Mike. You know, and we'd, so now I'd say, now just, you know, let's all hold hands and... Let's feel the Lord's love move through us and then pray. And it was so interesting because I'd be holding hands with him. And when, as soon as we did that, I could feel the, the, the palpable presence of the Holy Spirit just flow through us. And this loving warmth. And then he would pray something that was about you know, magnetic power or something flowing through the group. You know, the Earth's energy waves were hitting us, you know. <laughs> But I, I couldn't deny the, the love that was flowing. And, you know, that went on for months and months and years. And what was interesting was after, you know, a year, then all of a sudden his prayer started changing. He started praying Jesus in the prayers. He started making different kinds of comments after the Bible got worked into him. It was, it was a mixed bag, but it was beautiful. And he found Jesus. And then we had a baptism. 
and bet someone's backyard in their, you know, their pool. I'll never forget that when Big Mike went under the water. And I prayed for him, you know, as he gave his life to Jesus. And he came out, and I prayed with him to be filled with the power of the Spirit and the love of God. And he was beaming. Just beaming. Filled with this big love. And it was at that, that time that we had dedicated the whole year to, to exploring big love. I went from Genesis to Revelation, and I taught in every verse about love. That's all we did was soak in it. And here was Mike, just filled with it. And then one day, he calls me up. He says, I have a friend. I think he needs the big love. Uh, he's, he's just been diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. He's come over from Hawaii for special treatments. Can he come to the group? And I said, sure. And he says, you might know him. His, his name is Buttons. Buttons Kalua Kealani. Uh, one of the most iconic surfers in the 70s. I mean, I knew him. I mean, I knew who he was. He's very, very famous. And he's a very good friend of Mike's. So Buttons starts coming to our, our group. And he has stage four cancer and a death sentence on him. And, and he is scared to death. He knows Jesus, but he is just scared to death. He, and so he comes the first night, and I begin to talk to him about his fear. And I talk, talk to him about his childhood. And it turns out he had a terrible childhood. And he had all of this fear that came from his relationship with his dad. And so I said, Buttons, you need to know the Father's love. And I gave him my book, The Father Loves You. And he had a caregiver. And Buttons took that book home. And he read it every night. And the caregiver that was with him said he would read a couple pages, burst into tears, and just cry out all of his pain and fear about the cancer. And then he'd come back the next week, and and then it was the same thing. Like, you know, we talk about it a little bit more, and and we just began to soak this guy in big love. And I have a picture that I'd like to project. This is big love in action. To me, this was our finest hour in that group. That's Buttons Kaolani that's in that chair. And to, sitting on his left is Big Mike. I'm behind him with my hand on him. That's our group. That's Mark Ford, the famous rock guitarist, you know, playing his guitar and Chris Lazat. And we're singing songs of big love over him and praying for him. And, he, and the spirit would come on him and melt him with this love again and again. And again, and, and Big Mike was the vehicle. It was about three weeks later, Buttons passed away. And Mike and I did his memorial at Malibu Beach. Hundreds and hundreds of some of the most famous surfers in the world. And he had told them what was happening to him about the, how he had experienced the big love of God. And it was so beautiful because one of the guys that's in that picture was his caregiver, who was a 
total new age guy. Didn't believe it. He, God was a force. And Buttons passed away, and the caregiver went back to Hawaii, and I get an email from this young man, beautiful young man, and he said, you know, I watched went on, what went on there, and I watched what happens to Button's life, reading the book and experiencing that love and what happened in that room. And he said, and I made this discovery that God is not a force. God is a father who loves you. And he, and he said, I can follow that. Big love in action. And that big love was a completely different paradigm for me of how to negotiate Big Mike and then watch the way it expanded. And I think as we experienced this big love of God, the ever-expanding love, and it became the, the operating paradigm of our life, that's happened again and again and again and again in people in that group. And changed my whole paradigm to realize that this love is bigger than I realize. Uh, it's more beautiful than I could ever think. It's ever-expanding, and it's ever-encompassing. And that we are, even now, in that place where big love is surrounding us. How do you make big love your own personal experience? It begins with faith in the saving love of Jesus Christ. The big love of Jesus dying for you on the cross. That's the entry point. In realizing that when Jesus died in that cross, yes, he died for your sins. But even more than that, he was demonstrating the saving love of God. And then when you come to know Christ, like Paul says in this prayer, you need to be filled with the Spirit's empowering presence because it is the power of the Holy Spirit that makes love existentially real to us. You know, sometimes when we think about the Holy Spirit, we get confused, but it's all about speaking in tongues. It's all about healing. And it, it, that does happen. But it's, the primary thing is to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit is because we need to be filled with the existential, palpable presence of God's love. And that love, that spirit is going to do one thing in the name of Jesus. Draw us to the very breast of our Heavenly Father. And there, the great discovery of being found by the Father's affectionate love, which is the greatest need in my life, in your life, in Button's life, in Mike's life. What we need more than anything else is to be loved by a Heavenly Father. And when you get embraced by that love, all of a sudden you're held in this big love. All of a sudden, you're held in this tractor beam, like in Star Wars, between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and this love encompasses your life. And there is a flow of love that just gets bigger and bigger and bigger in your life. And the beauty of this is, as this love flows into your life, it focuses you. 
on the face of love in every person you meet. All of a sudden, you look at the next person you see. You look at their face in love. And you can see the reflection of love that comes back just because they're created in the image of God. And you love them. It's the big love that that pours into us that now allows us to be myopic. When we see people, all we can see is the love. It's like Mike. He said all these weird things. But all I could see was his heart of love pulsating. And that's what kept me with him. Because that's all I could see was the love of God on his face. I love Les Miserables. One of my top favorite books, not to mention the power of the the play. And in that, that beautiful statement, to love another person is to see the face of God. Big love. Ever-expanding in your life. Ever-encompassing, ever-drawing you into it every person. And so we come to these moments where we get to say yes to love. You know what life is? Life is showing up and saying yes to love. This morning you showed up. You have an opportunity to say yes to love. Let's stand. You know, connecting to love is simple, as simple as a prayer. A loving God, a loving Father. Does not want to make it hard or complicated to receive this love. It's just as simple as a yes in the heart. And there are All we have to do is make a simple prayer. So let's just close our eyes for a moment. And this is an opportunity for you to say yes to love. And I'm going to pray three little prayers. And I'll pray the line, and then you can pray the line after me. And perhaps it's the prayer that fits you this morning. So I'll pray the line, and then you pray it after me, and then we'll just pause. Here we go. Jesus. Together, all together. Jesus. I say yes. To your saving love for me. Mm. 
Holy Spirit. I say yes to the power of your love filling me. Father, I say yes to you. Find me with your love right here, right now. Oh God, I say yes to your big love for me. Fill me with that love. Make it overflow out of me to every person I see. Now let's just wait and let I'm going to pray for you. I bless your prayer. I bless each prayer. I believe that there are are some people that have asked Jesus to save them in love for the first time. Receive that saving love. It's so simple. And for those of you that have asked to be filled with the Holy Spirit's love, receive the power of the Holy Spirit resting upon you to fill you with the presence of love. And I come as a father in the faith to all those who have asked to be found by the Father. And I speak these words over you, son, daughter, I love you. I have a big love for you. I love you more than anyone in this world has ever loved you. And I put my hand on your heart, each one of you. Feel my love in your heart. I bless you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit with the big love of God. Thanks for listening to the Seacoast Vineyard Podcast. You can learn more about us and access a video archive of our messages by visiting seacoastvineyard.com. If you feel led to support us financially through a one-time or recurring gift, please click on the Give tab at our website or download the PushPay app on your smartphone and search for Seacoast Vineyard Church.